Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the key drivers, trends and moves in grain, livestock and fibre markets. My name is Olivia Agar, here today to have a bit of a chat about how our livestock markets are currently travelling and some of the key drivers that are at play and contributing to very strong prices. So for that, I have our resident senior market analyst, Adrian Ledaniski, with me today, calling in from lovely Ballarat. I hope you enjoy today's episode, and after a thanks to this week's sponsor of Commodity Conversations, we'll jump straight into it. Have you ever had that feeling in your tummy when you haven't eaten all day, and it's just rumbling and grumbling? Then you go to the fridge and done it, there's nothing in it. Well, here's the key to beating the empty fridge blues. Be prepared. Think ahead. What should I have this week? Steak? Lamb? Why not head over to Cleaver's Organics website and check out their range of certified organic beef, lamb and chicken products. Order online for home delivery. What else have they got here? Organic beef jerky? Yeah, I wouldn't mind trying that. Cleaver's Organic meats come from Aussie farming families. Cleaver's Organics. From families to families. Thanks for sponsoring our podcast this week and don't forget to check them out. Now back to the latest agricultural market trends from the team at Mercado. Great to have you back on the podcast again this week, Adrian, and a good time, I think, to have a bit of a catch up on what's going on in livestock markets. So I read in your cattle market comment on Mercado this morning that young cattle prices seem to have eased back a bit from those record highs that we were seeing about a month ago. And it's a bit of a change in tune. So why don't we start off there today? What are you seeing in the cattle market right now? Well, if you're right, like things have come off about 3% um, since the end of January um, when the when the Eki hit that record 888, um, which we talked about the Chinese lucky number. Um, and I think the cattle market has been really lucky uh, over the last month. Um, what we've seen supporting prices is, is slaughter's been down about 25% um, from last year. And over the last um, four weeks or so, uh, yardings just keep on coming down, essentially. Um, and it's it's completely off trend. Normally, this time of the year, we see throughput actually starting to increase. And it's gone completely against um, what we normally see this time of the year. But then it's not quite a normal year. We've got MLA expecting 2021 to be a 25-year low in cattle slaughter. So those slaughter and yardings numbers that you're talking about for so far this year, they're really illustrating that intention to rebuild herds and producers looking to breed up. But what are the official rebuild numbers saying so far, Adrian? According to our last um, update of the um, the female slaughter rate, um, we're edging so close to a rebuild um, recently. And um, I think there's a number of factors there. Uh, we've conditions good and, uh, and feed on the ground. I think there's definitely producers holding on to their cattle and that rebuild is pro- probably um, going forward full steam at the moment. Yeah, we've seen plenty of demand for breeding stock and heifers that do get onto the market, that is, and we know what's happening at the younger end of the market, but has there been any relief for processors that are buying finished stock? Yeah, that's right. The last update of our um, processor margin model indicated that processors are still losing money hand over fist. And um, with JobKeeper um, loot ending, I think, at the end of March, um, I think we might see a bit more of a slowdown um, from some of the small and niche processors. At the end of the day, losing 
significant amounts of money on every head of cattle uh, is not sustainable into the long term uh, and something we'll have to give. Uh, but at the moment, the restocker market's really just holding this market up. I think this week there was a bit of a, a bit of a pickup actually, uh, Liv. So uh, when we saw we saw processor cattle come up about 10 cents this week, uh, which was a bit of a nice change and heavy steers and medium steers followed as well. Yeah, I noted in Jamie Lee's analysis earlier in the week as well that there's been a bit of a focus shift now from those summer wieners, which are now off the market, and it's turning to the cow market. And while processors haven't been getting that much of a look in at sale yards, the over-the-hooks cow price has been breaking new records month on month. And most of that cow product ends up as grinding beef to the US, of course. And demand for that had been holding pretty strong, but it's come off the boil a bit lately. Yeah, that's right. Um, the 90 sales have taken a bit of a beating lately, uh, Liv. And part of that's down to the exchange rate rising. Uh, but also the situation that we've had in the US also with the um, with the cold snap. Um, like this week, we've, we've seen that drop in the 90 CL occur about 2%. And apparently a lot of that's been on the back of uh, transport jitters and, uh, and nervousness about reliability. So buyers have just been holding off. And as a result of that, the, the prices have, have drifted downwards a little bit. That will all be adding pressure to processing margins, I'm sure. But the confidence in the cattle market with most of Queensland and New South Wales getting average rain over the summer, although there were some parts of Queensland that La Nina didn't quite live up to expectations. But Adrian, what's the feeling for the next few months ahead? Yeah, look, things are really looking really great actually at the moment. Um, so the outlook on the Aussie grass model from Queensland government um, is basically saying we've got top tercile pasture growth rates uh, for the next few months coming up um, throughout Queensland, New South Wales, uh, much of Victoria. Um, so the outlook is looking really positive uh, for, for feed on the ground. But I think that's probably going to continue translating into uh, into lower yardings and producers holding onto their cattle, uh, which will be very supportive of the prices going forward. Yeah, and it's definitely the same story down on the southeastern part of the country as well with sheep producers uh, looking very confident at the moment. Just looking at the market this week, we had the, the, well, the eastern states trade lamb indicator has been hovering around that 850 cents level for really the last month now. And it seems pretty comfortable with that, Adrian, but the interesting story and it probably is similar in cattle is looking at these prices in US dollar terms. So last week, both the trade lamb indicator and the mutton indicator were actually the highest they've ever been when converting into US dollars. And that could have quite an impact on our export market demand. And I know you've been doing a little bit of research lately on sheep prices around the globe. Uh, we can be a bit guilty sometimes of just looking close to home at Australia and New Zealand, but how are we actually comparing on the global stage? Look, um, Liv, compared to other parts of the world, uh, Australian um, sheep and lamb are actually still relatively cheap. Um, I mean, compared to the UK and Ireland, um, Australia is actually more than 20% cheaper. So, and it's even hot, and in France, they pay even more for, um, for lamb. I mean, a lot of this comes down to um, different production methods, smaller flocks, um, and need to feed. So there's a big difference between there. But at the end of the day, um, on the global stage, uh, Australian lamb is is considered is fairly cheap. 
So compared to, apart from New Zealand though, so Australian lamb's actually about 30% above New Zealand lamb prices at the moment. We expect that um, spread to actually widen out um, over the next couple of months if it follows history. But um, this year's not a normal year, so anything could happen, Liv. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, good news that we're still competitive on the global front, unlike the cattle situation where, it, you know, we're looking at the most expensive cattle in the world. And are some of those other countries that you were talking about exporting into our key markets as well, or is it just solely Australia and New Zealand that are exporting in a big way to those countries? Uh, to a certain extent, there. Um... I think Ireland does export into the EU um, and same with the UK, but compared to Australia and New Zealand, these are minnows essentially. And Australia actually does export into, um, into the UK uh, itself. So, so at the end of the day, there's not enough land there. Yeah. Yep. While we do supply a big share of sheep meat trade though, it is still really a bit of a niche product in the protein market and currency isn't quite working in our favour at the moment, it would seem. That's right, Liv, but I think the fundamentals looking uh, worldwide, considering there's only really two players, us and New Zealand, um, and how expensive lamb is in in other countries apart from uh, uh, us in the Southern Hemisphere here, um, I think the fundamentals for lamb looking forward are, uh, are really positive. Optimistic all around, Adrian. I like it in the sheep market. Well, we might leave it there for this week. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Liv. And thanks to our listeners for once again tuning into Commodity Conversations by Mercado. As always, we'd love it if you could share the podcast around with friends, family, colleagues, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. This week's podcast was brought to you by Cleaver's Organic Meats, audio production by David Myers.